Welcome to the Real Music Talk podcast. Music conversations with one big question. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Real Music Talk podcast. My name is Keith Hall. I'm your host. And this is episode number seven. And today I have the privilege of speaking with James Doc Sawyer. He's a trumpeter and an educator right here in Michigan. Doc is widely respected and he has mentored some fantastic musicians over the years. So before we talk to Doc, I just want to remind you to subscribe to the podcast. And if you like what you're hearing, leave us a comment and a rating. That'll help us out a lot. All right, well, let's get into this conversation with Doc Sawyer. Well, hello, James Sawyer. Good to see you, my man. Hey, how's it going, Keith? Good oh, to see you, man. I'm so glad you're here on Zoom, on the podcast. Uh, I called you James Sawyer, but I, I never call you James. Uh, <laughs> you are affectionately known as Doc, and uh, you've always been Doc to me. And uh, it was actually a long time before I knew your name. <laughs> I, <think. laughs> I thought your name was Doc. Uh, so uh, you are adored by so many um, students and uh, professionals all around. Uh, but you live in Southwest Michigan, the Grand Rapids area. And you retired recently from East Kentwood High School. Correct. Where mm-hmm. you taught for how long? I was there for 15 years. But I've been in the in and out of the Grand Rapids area for probably almost almost forty. Holy cow! I didn't realize it was that long. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. You started young. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're so called retired, but now you're back teaching. Mm-hmm. And yeah. you're teaching at the the homeschool. I forget the name of the homeschool. West Michigan Homeschool Fine Arts Association. It's a program that's about 300 students total, but the program itself um, encompasses like four concert bands, three jazz bands, several orchestras, choirs, handbells, it's sort of everything. And uh, it's it's really a special program for kids who um, are not in a uh, public school or whatnot. And um, the parents all support the program through helping out on a regular basis. They do um, pay a small fee to be a part of it. And the, and the school is also supported through several homeschool partnerships in the, in, in the state of Michigan. So it's a really cool program, great kids, uh, great staff. And um, the, the other, the other thing about it is the, the kids themselves only meet once a week for all of the programs. So they're required to prepare any and everything that we give them over the course of the week in preparation of the following week. So that um, as the performances come up, you know, it's different than a regular school setting. They, they actually have to prepare um, themselves and then we bring them back together that, that one day each week. And it's, uh, it's really something to see. They do a really nice job. I'm glad that they snagged you uh, in your retirement. Uh, and we say you're retired, but you know, you're still uh, very active as a trumpet player mm-hmm. all over the place and playing all kinds of different music. And uh, you're a clinician and an adjudicator. We cross paths all the time. And, uh, and you, you've sent lots of your students to Western Michigan university over the years. 
<laughs> yes, I am. <laughs> and so we have a good relationship, including mm-hmm. your son, my former student, Jay Sawyer, who's a tremendous musician in New York City, uh, who uh, I, I continue to learn from every time mm-hmm. we speak and I hear him. So I think about all the students you've, you've taught and all the experience you have if you could go back, I mean, knowing what you know now with your, your performance experience, your teaching experience, um, your parenting experience, mm-hmm. uh, what, would you, what would you say to 20-year-old Doc Sawyer now? Probably um, the one thing I, I would tell him is you, you need to be in the practice room a little bit more. I, <laughs> because... If you wait until you're much older, it's hard to pick up all of those things that you've missed throughout out that time. Uh, you know, as a as a music education major, uh, most of your focus is on learning how to teach music. So uh, I got pretty good at flute and clarinet. I even learned a little little drum. And you'll love this. My my first drum teacher at the school that I, I went to, of which was Vandekirk College of Music, was Haskell Hard. What? Yeah. I studied, I studied he, out of both of his books. Yeah. And he was, he, he was a much older, a much older guy at the time. At the time but um, he was very laid back, very supportive. Uh, and uh, in fact, to this day, um, I can play the marimba excerpt that he taught us and from memory. I can play it because wow. we had to play it to, to, uh, to exit the class. And wow. uh, it was, it was really fantastic. But uh, that's, that's definitely one of the things that um, I would, I would have told, I would tell my 20 year old self. It's um, my, my directors were, were both uh, from, a uh, uh, small black college in Louisiana called Grambling College. Oh yeah! And when they came to Chicago, which was my hometown, they uh, my high school directors. I mean, they they encouraged us on a different level because most of the things that we had done was you know we practice for the concert, do the concert, and you know after that you were just off into your own thing. Well, when they came, it it provided a different perspective on making music. Um, The two of them were professional musicians in the Chicago area. Um, They were very well respected by their their peers uh, as educators and as musicians. And uh, one was a saxophone, one was a trumpet. Um, they, They used to play with, now, I don't know if anybody would recognize some of these names, but uh, like Tyrone Davis. Um, they would play with um, Bobby Bland when he would come to town. Okay, uh-huh. um, they they did a lot of the local Chitlin Circus, Chitlin Circuit, as as they they say. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, yeah, Google Chitlin Circuit. By the way, <laughs> that, you know, right. that'll give you some perspective, but. The one thing that they did, they gave us a, a different perspective on what we were doing. And many of us decided, you know, we were going to follow in their footsteps. And we went to Grambling College and um, 
wanted to play in the famous Grambling College Tiger Marching Band. Well, I I did uh, a couple of years down there and uh, returned to Chicago uh, right about the time I was 20. And um, I met a trumpet player who used to play in the Cal Basie Orchestra. His name was uh, William Abernathy. And he was director at uh, Kennedy King Junior College. And when I got there, that's when I started to recognize the power of jazz music because most of the things I had done prior to that were, you know, and they were in soul vein. I was, like I said, I, I was, I was ready to go play some blues some, someplace, uh-huh. you know? <laughs> uh, but once I, I got with him, uh, he started to talk to us about, um, you know, what we could do with jazz. And, and, that, and about that time, that was, that was when Maynard was getting really big and, um, you know, a lot of the jazz uh, had become just really higher, faster, louder, mm. everything. And as a trumpet player, those are the things that you started to work on. <laughs> well, I, I did that for uh, a half year, and then I attended Vandekirk College of Music. Well, while I was there, uh, like I said, I got more into learning all of the other instruments. And I even had a little side job where I'd go and teach lessons to the kids and things like that. So that was, you know, things like that. Um, Looking back over that time period now and with the things that, that I have, that I have taken part in, I'm not in addition to wishing that I had practiced more. I probably wish I had left Chicago sooner, Hmm. you know, maybe go to New York. Or, you know, or maybe go to California and just take a chance, reach out and, and, and find out what was really out there. All of those things came to me well after I got my master's degree and I got an opportunity to meet, you know, some of the jazz greats and and some some conductors that are out there uh, that I have a lot of respect for. One person that I stay in contact with periodically, but at the time that I was in school and a little bit after who, who was very encouraging was uh, H. Robert Reynolds from University of Michigan. He sort of said, well, you know, check this out. You should go, go this direction. Mm-hmm. Well, at that point I was more into swinging the stick than I was in the playing. Oh. But then as I got to doing that even more, um, I realized how important jazz was to me and, um, my my own personal playing and so <laughs> once I got to play I'm like holy cow this is hard <laughs> how come I didn't do this when I had the opportunity you know but those kind of things that I wish I, I could have done to learn things from some specific jazz greats that um who could have maybe guided me a little bit more I mean who knows I may have decided to be a performer as opposed to a, an educator so that's that's kind of plays into that and that's also that an aspect of it where you you kind of wish man I wish I was out there doing it with the guys but then at the same time it's hard to have a family kids all of that kind of thing so yes, you know you put all of that in there as well but you know not to interrupt you but you you are doing it you know you're playing now all the time and you have impacted so many people's lives over the last, I think, 40 years or something like that. You <laughs> said, it's incredible uh, what you've done 
So I don't know. I, I think it worked out for you. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and, and that's probably the part that makes me feel what, I've, what I'm doing is fulfilling to me because uh, it's really special when you, you get communications with, with certain students who've, who've done well, um, students who invite you to their events, uh, regardless of where it is in the, in the world, and, and uh, ask you to, you know, and, and still ask your opinion on how they're doing, you know, what would you suggest? You know, and sometimes I go, seriously, you're asking me? <laughs> you're doing an awesome job out there, you know. So, yeah, I, th- I think about some of those things. And, uh, uh, and it's really cool, you know, just thinking back over the things that uh, myself and Jim Ross did at East Kentwood High School, it just encouraging students to, to, to achieve their dreams of being, you know, musicians and and uh making making music you know and being uh professional musicians you know we haven't really done a count he he and i were talking about that a while back okay so how many kids do we actually have out there that are doing this right now you know um and then we started looking back over the years and we realized in in the area of teaching and in the area of performing we've got a significant number of students who've gone on to uh, make their mark in, in the profession. I've thought about it more recently uh, with social media. I'll see some one of uh, your former students, uh, also who was maybe one of our former students at Western, and and they're out there doing such fabulous things and posting really thoughtful and inspiring things online. And uh, I always remember, and I say, geez, that's another one from East Kentwood High School. How did they do that over there? James <laughs> Ross and James Sawyer, the James brothers, the James, the James gang, brothers, right? Right. the James gang. <laughs> you know, but like, like, man, how did they do it? Like everywhere I turn, you know, your mm-hmm. students are, are, you know, doing just great work. Um, so that was kind of looking back, but you know, let's, let's pivot just for a second, looking ahead. W- what do you want to do now? I've been toying with the idea of putting together, um, a program for students in the Grand Rapids area to, to perform. Um, I taught in the Grand Rapids public schools for, for 18 years. And um, uh, during that time, we have experienced some, uh, some really great highs. And then there were some, some challenging uh, times as well. Um, and, and most of it was based around what resources were available at the time. My greatest highs um, were, were early on when the district seemed to have the resources to put into the music programs. And we were, we were able to do some really fantastic things citywide. Um, and, and the programs were able to go on and, and make their mark throughout the state. Then it just seemed like financially things kind of went south and um, what I experienced from that was um, I wound up losing losing my job in some cases because there, there just was layoffs and things like that. Since that time, uh, the the district has been working diligently to try to recoup the type of programs that those kids in the inner city deserve. Unfortunately, it's, it's a struggle. 
but they're working really hard to get there. Uh, in some cases, they've contacted me to come in and be a part of uh, festivals and do clinics and things like that. And so what I'd, what I'd really like to do is get something together where those kids in the inner city of Grand Rapids could actually start to increase their skills and their opportunities to perform through jazz and things like that. Because, you know, much, much of the things that I've done through Kentwood, which is a, which is a South suburban school of Kentwood, of, of Grand Rapids, we've been able to do that mainly because the, that district has, has an emphasis on the arts. And uh, I'd, I'd really enjoy doing something like that with, with some of the kids from the inner city. And I hope, like, like I said, I just hope to continue to uh, make a difference in, in the lives of kids and uh, bring them this, this wonderful, this wonderful music. I also look at music as a means for teaching life. It's, yeah. yes, I want you to be disciplined. I want you to, to be, um, uh, know as much music as you possibly can. But we also spend some time talking about Okay, so why do we do this? What what does this do to enhance the whole child? Uh, I have to share this with you. At the homeschool, one of the parents who was coordinating the uh, commencement for the kids asked me to be the commencement speaker. My first thought was, "Whoa, <laughs> why me?" <laughs> you know, um, that day um, we're doing the the commencement and I noticed when I saw all of the kids, I had actually taught all but two of the graduates. Wow. And so my first thing that I tell the kids is, you know, how touched and honored I was to be the one the one person that you felt you wanted to speak at your commencement. It was a great moment for me. It really was. You know, you give the the thing about go out, change the world, all of those kind of things. Mm-hmm. And then I, I did uh, touch base at, at the end about, you know, what's going on in the world right now with with um, the killing of George Floyd and, and whatnot. I said, the things that you're hearing people say yeah. are real. When you see injustice, you cannot be silent because silence is complicity. You have to speak up. You have to go out. If you see injustice, say something, speak up, you know, don't, don't let these things happen. What's beautiful is that you, I mean, you used your platform, you used your influence, mm-hmm. which, which all of us have and all of us, uh, we can't underestimate our influence. And because they know you and love you because of that relationship, you can talk about it and they can get a little bit more insight and say, okay, I know doc. Now, I love Doc. I know where it's coming from. It's coming from a place of love. Mm-hmm. He's trying to help me. Okay, I got to go read a book and have some conversations. Mm-hmm. Um, well, you continue continue to make this a great impact. You've been doing it for years, and I've never met anybody that says anything bad about you. Uh, everybody loves you. Doc Sawyer. Um, thank you so much for being on here. It's a great honor to have you here. I have so much respect uh, for you as an all-around musician. And uh, I'm happy to be your friend. And uh, I love you, man. Thanks for being here. Thank you, Keith. And you know how I feel about you, my brother. You know, you, <laughs> you know, uh, anybody that can take care of my son the way you did, <laughs> you, you are, you, you mean everything to me. Well, thank you. Jay's going to take care of both of us, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> All right. Well, Thank good to see too. you, my friend. I'll see you soon. All right. Okay. Thanks. Okay. Take care, right. man. Well, that was fun talking to Doc Sawyer. I'm always inspired by him as a musician, but more importantly, as a human being. Uh, Doc is just a wonderful person, and uh, I'm so glad to have him on the show. Don't forget to subscribe and tell your friends about the podcast and follow us on Instagram. We'll see you next time. But in the meantime, be who you be and do what you do. Take care. Bye.